today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Over and over and over again, it's the wisdom, is the content of what's being communicated about wisdom passed on to the son. The context of, of a father talking to a son. And this is applied to every area of life, to follow God, to avoid adultery, to stay away from bankruptcy and unwise financial practices. All of these pieces of wisdom are given through a father talking to a son. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. There are so many avenues that a child could receive information and perspectives on life. The most important place a child should be taught about life is their godly counsel from their parents. Today, Pastor Ricky will be explaining how important it is for fathers to step up and impart godly wisdom to their children. If fathers aren't raising their children up in the ways of the Lord, the world will teach them the ways of evil. And in this evil age, fathers need to be even more diligent than ever before. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with part one of his message, Wounded But Willing Fathers. God works through fathers. See, this is so important because in our culture, uh, this is often all too uncommon. A recent video I saw listed a statistic that 94% of sons will Google something important before asking their father about it. Stuff like, how do I tie a tie? Or how do I ask a girl on a date? They'll open up Google, type it in, and ask Google for wisdom, which really is just random strangers for wisdom, instead of going to their father. See, in our world, dads are often cut out of much of the parts of life that they would have been involved in in the ancient world. See, in the ancient world, you would have learned your trade from your dad. So in other words, if you were a farmer or if you were a blacksmith or if you did whatever, you were a fisherman, you would begin from an early age spending time with your father, learning his trade, learning his life, and learning wisdom. Your, your dad would be a huge part of your education, of your basic life skills. But today, it's all too uncommon that fathers are not involved in any of these areas. And, and really, uh, let's be honest, one of the reasons that is the case is that many families, many kids grow up without a father in the household. Single moms doing their best to raise children, grandparents doing their best to raise their grandchildren. And this chain of wisdom set out in Proverbs is uncommon in our day today. And yet this is such a big part of Proverbs that we can't ignore it. Listen to how many times the, the passing of wisdom from the father to the son is referenced explicitly just in the first nine chapters of Proverbs. And, ver and chapter one, verses eight says, hear my son, your father's instruction. Chapter two, verse one, my son, if you receive my words. Chapter three, verse one, my son, do not forget my teaching. And then chapters four, that the verses that we 
read. And then again in chapter and verse 10, hear my son, accept my words. Verse 20, my son, be attentive to my words. Chapter 5, verse 1, my son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear. Chapter 5, verse 7, now, O sons, listen to me. Chapter 6, verse 1, my son, if you put up security for a stranger, save yourself. Just in the context of wisdom. Chapter 6, verse 20, my son, keep your father's commandment. Chapter 7, verse 1, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments. Chapter 7, verse 24, now, O sons, listen to me. Do you see this? Over and over and over again, it's the wisdom, is the content of what's being communicated about wisdom passed on to the son. The context of, of a father talking to a son. And this is applied to every area of life, to follow God, to avoid adultery, to stay away from bankruptcy and unwise financial practices. All of these pieces of wisdom are given through a father talking to a son. And this work, this work of passing on wisdom is to be done in two ways, according to scripture. First, it's to be done through fathers who teach. In Deuteronomy chapter six, there's a section where God charges the fathers in Israel to take the words of God and to instruct their children, but not just once or twice a year on Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter or these big holidays, or maybe, you know, a few times a year, try to talk to them about God. No, it's to be done constantly when they're walking, when they're eating, when they're about to go to sleep, when they first wake up, they're to pass this wisdom on about who God is and how that changes everything in life. And, and dads will be held, that passage says, accountable for that task. Did they talk about the things of God with their kids? Did they apply the things of God to real life? Did they do this often? Now, guys, we are not often the most communicative people, right? That's not the stereotype of guys. The guys are just, oh, they just love to talk about their feelings. They just won't be quiet, you know? You call up a friend, they're like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait to tell you about this and that and what I saw on Pinterest and, and how I'm feeling about this and my boss said this to me at work and I just, it's, I think it relates to my childhood. Like, okay, if you're a guy and you do that, that's totally fine. But often that's not the norm for a lot of guys. And so guys, for us to be charged with, okay, not only are you just supposed to show up, which is like a win, and it is, you're supposed to talk to your children about God and apply that to every area of life. Listen, my, my dad um, was sharing about his experience a few years ago growing up, um, and he's from a Hispanic household, and, and his mom uh, was often the one in their household who talked a lot about their faith, about her faith to the family, encourage the family to go to mass, to go to church, and encourage spiritual life kind of in the family. And my grandpa uh, went faithfully to mass at times, and, and yet he wasn't often the one leading in that area. Um, my dad said his dad was, was a great dad, but he didn't talk to him about God a whole lot. He didn't even talk to him about things like girls a whole lot. So my dad shared that after he became a Christian, this is one of the areas of his life that God began to work on because this, this call from Proverbs or from Deuteronomy sounded strange to him. He didn't have a, a great model for what that was supposed to look like in his home. And so he began to ask other dads to be able to talk to other people, to be able to try to figure out how to do this. And listen, I can, as his son, report, he didn't do this perfectly, but boy, did he do this faithfully. And it made such a difference in my life. Fathers, I, I wanna encourage you 
God has a calling on your life to speak about God and the things of God to your children. And not just speak about it once or twice, but speak about it regularly, that you would tell them about the God that you follow and why and what that looks like in their lives. Recently, I read um, something by Pastor Ray Ortland Jr., and he was talking about how his dad did this faithfully. And it wasn't in this weird, kind of overly touchy-feely way, but it was through notes like this. When he was 17, his dad gave him a Bible. He already had a Bible, but this was a special Bible because that, this Bible came with this inscription on the front. He, his dad wrote this, Bud, nothing could be greater than to have a son, a son who loves the Lord and walks with him. Your mother and I found this book our dearest treasure. We give it to you, and doing so can give you nothing greater. Be a student of the Bible, and your life will be full of blessing. We love you, Dad, Philippians 1.6. This is what it means, that dropped into the normalcy of life, notes like this get, get delivered from you to them. Words like it, this get delivered from you to them. And here is the amazing truth, guys. God works through our work. It seems an unbelievable thing that the God of the universe would entrust the knowledge of who he is and how to follow him to us to pass on to anyone else. And yet God delights to do it. And through our work, he works. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it, friends, it should be faithful. Fathers who teach, but also fathers who model. Now, this is not explicit in this text, but if you know a little bit about the Bible, you know that the way you live either reinforces the message of the gospel or undermines it. And sadly, this is partially the case with the words of Solomon. See, Solomon, for all of his wisdom, did not model some of the wisdom that he spoke about to his children. At the end of his life, he was led astray by other women and other gods. And very quickly, you see that his son, who rules in his place, responds with harshness, and a major lack of wisdom that ends up destroying the kingdom of Israel and splitting it in two. Now, we don't know exactly everything that was going on there. God, scripture doesn't give us everything we might want to know, but we do know this, that, at time, that, that in this passage, Solomon instructs his children, and yet his life, in some ways, did not measure up to the wisdom that he delivered. It's incumbent upon us as fathers to both speak and live in line with the fear of the Lord. See, in our culture, there's such a low bar for what dads are supposed to do, right? Like, we live in a world, friends, in which just paying child support makes you a better dad than some others. We live in a world where just showing up and bringing home a paycheck and not blowing all of it before you give it to your wife is a win but there is a higher calling for us than this. There's a higher calling on dads than what our culture would hold out. There's a calling that we would speak about who God is, but also model a fear of the Lord for our children. And my dad did not do this perfectly, but he did it faithfully. 
my dad talked to me about the fact that I should have Christian friends, right? That's a good thing for a dad to do. Tell your child, listen, you should have some Christian friends, not just uh, friends that don't know Jesus. You should be involved in the church. And that was good. But you know what else he did? He hosted a community group in our house, I think, for every year that I lived at home. Every other Wednesday, people would invade our house and eat our food and destroy our carpets, break things occasionally. We're not always super polite sometimes, and yet he did it week after week after week after week. And so when I heard him say, son, you need people in your life who love Jesus, I knew he meant it. I saw my dad year after year, week after week, work hard. Uh, There were days that because of his business, he had to work even seven days a week for some stretches. He often got home late. He often looked tired. And I knew sometimes that things were bothering him and things were hard at work. And yet he showed up for his job week after week, day after day for over 40 years at his family's company. And so when he said, son, work hard and work as unto the Lord, for you're working for Jesus. I heard him say it, but I saw him live it. And this is the call, friends, for us as dads. And through our imperfect, because it will be imperfect, our imperfect examples, God works. And in doing this, fathers, earthly fathers, have the privilege of reflecting their heavenly father. See, the background of these Proverbs is the first five books of the Bible, where God comes to Pharaoh, and when he says, let my people go, and he gives the charge to Moses to go to Pharaoh and call for the release of his people, he says this, do this because Israel is my firstborn son. In other words, he's saying, I'm not just Israel's God. I am their heavenly father. In Exodus 32, God reinforces the need for obedience in light of his love and fatherly relationship to his people. Proverbs 4 is a call and a model for fathers, earthly fathers, instructing their children the way that their heavenly father loves and instructs them. And references to God the Father in the Old Testament are actually relatively rare, but they open up like a floodgate as soon as you get to the New Testament. Why? Because in the New Testament, Jesus' work on the cross through his life, death, and resurrection, he, through that, reconciles our relationship to God. And his work involves God adopting us as his children. Galatians 4 says this, that because of what Jesus has done, we as Christians can cry Abba, which is the first century word for dad. That God is not just some distant, far-off God who holds us at arm's length, but he is our very father. And in light of this, being a father is uniquely precious. It means that our task as fathers is to be a reflection of God, the heavenly father. Friends, this should both challenge us and encourage us. We should be challenged. We don't want our bar for being a good dad to be I'm better than Homer Simpson or whatever. Our bar as dads is that we would reflect the character of God himself to our children. What a privilege. But it takes time 
It takes a plan. It takes patience. It takes us showing up day after day after day and seeking to be faithful. We need to be challenged, friends, but we should also be encouraged that if God the Father calls dads, calls human fathers to do this faithfully with their kids, he himself will provide help and grace for that task. He's never gonna call us to do something and sort of just leave us on our own like, hey, thumbs up, good luck, I hope you make it. He, our Father, walks with us as we seek to be good fathers to our children. God works through our work, but second, God works through the wounded. God works through the wounded. See, I'm aware coming in today that, that being a dad or even thinking about your dad may be complicated. That's okay, because Proverbs 4 is complicated. Solomon is referring to his father, King David, right? But here's the thing. If you know your Bible, you know that uh, David did not meet Solomon's mom in church. Uh, They did not get set up by a mutual friend. That when Solomon asked his dad, how did you and mom meet? It was complicated. See, the truth was, David and Solomon's mom met because David wasn't doing the work God told him to do. And instead, he saw Solomon's mom and started lusting after her. And he slept with Solomon's mom, got her pregnant, worked it out so that her husband would be killed. Eventually, David was confronted by a prophet about what he'd done, and their child died at childbirth, but he had taken her as his wife, and they had another child, and his name was Solomon. Solomon was the son of the king, but with an asterisk. See, everybody knew this story. Everybody knew him tied to adultery and murder and pain. And when Solomon was a dad, uh, he failed himself later on. See, fatherhood is complicated, and there are wounds on all sides of this. I'm going to go through a few of these. We could be wounded by their failures, the failures of our father. One of the most eye-opening parts of talking to lots of people as a pastor these last few years is that you realize that there are these big things under the surface of people's lives that affect everything in their life that seem at first to be insignificant. And and probably the biggest one in my experience of talking to folks is their relationship to their father. Everyone is affected by their relationship to their father. Fatherhood is such a unique and precious thing and, and powerful thing and potent thing that when it's misused, it leaves deep wounds. Or when it's absent, it leads deep wounds. That hurtful words spoken can ring in your ears for a lifetime. Or someone raising a fist can leave a mark that doesn't heal even 30 years later. And even the best fathers, the most Faithful fathers, from our perspective, even they stumble and fall. Even for them, words escape their mouths that hurt us. And those that grew up without fathers are often affected the most. And this, friends, is rampant in our city. Um, I have several friends like John Vogan who teach in schools. And one of the common observations from our school teachers is that many kids just simply don't have dads that are present in their lives. Often they don't even live with their biological dad, or if they do, they often don't see him, or even if they do, it's not a happy thing 
in many cases. And so what are we supposed to do with this then? How are we supposed to handle a passage like this in light of the fact that we receive this call to be good dads when maybe you're thinking, I I didn't have a good dad? Well, friends, the context of Proverbs is honest, but it's enormously hopeful. The failures of David and Solomon, listen, did not stop God's plan. These fathers could have, humanly speaking, destroyed God's people. But God, the heavenly father, carried his people when they could not. In the wounds of our past, if you've been hurt, there are often hard places, but God, the heavenly father, can carry you through those hard places. In fact, David and Solomon and Solomon's son, Rehoboam are on page one of the New Testament in the genealogy and lineage of Jesus because for all their failures, they did not stop God's plan of redemption. In fact, God only worked through their failures to accomplish his plan for his people. Listen, if you have a father wound, I wanna tell you this today from scripture. Your story with your father cannot stop God's story with you. That wound does not define you. God the Father and his relationship to you is what ultimately defines you. And your heavenly Father is writing a story where every wrong will be made right and every tear will be wiped away and where in eternity, the place of fatherhood in your life will be filled to perfection forever. So in light of that, this is what you can do. You can leave that part of your story at God's feet and trust that God will carry it. Trust that God will make things right. That that if you've been hurt, that one day you know that God is both just, that you know that God is both just and loving and that one day they'll stand before him. And you can leave the judging to the Lord and you can pray that God would bring them to salvation You don't have to allow anger to consume you. You can leave this part of your life to God. You don't have to allow sadness or loss or hurt to consume you. You can look to your heavenly father and find healing and hope. I just want to share one really practical thing. I I didn't have this in my message, but I felt like God told me um, or encouraged me to add this. If you've been wounded, often... um, it affects your relationship with God the Father. Because when we sing songs like, you're a good, good father, you can't sing those words separated from what your dad did or said. How do you get through that? I wanna wanna offer two pieces of encouragement. First, you have to leave that wound with the Lord. Open God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong. shelves are lined with books and stadiums are filled with speakers touting the very latest and greatest about wisdom. And while God can and he does use these sorts of methods to impart wisdom, the very best place to obtain God's wisdom is through his word, specifically the book of Proverbs. 
Pastor Ricky is currently teaching through a series entitled Wisdom for Life, where he will tackle everyday issues through the lens of God's wisdom. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcantar of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website. That's betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to join us, then please come out and visit this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. The theme music for Better News Radio has been provided by Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from this series, Wisdom for Life. That's next time on Better News Radio.